It's another round of mystery mixtape. This is the remix. This is Songs in My Head. for another episode of Songs in My Head, a podcast for music nerds, by music nerds. As always, I am joined by my lovely co-host, Kristen. Hello! And, uh, how have you been? How have things been going? Things have been great! Things have been, things have been thinging. Yeah. Yeah. We've been caught up in the, in the, the back-to-school funk of getting the kids back into the groove of things, so we went to some shows. We did, we did. We did went to some shows. My my English is great. <laughs> uh, yeah, we back did. to school, huh? We did. Yeah, <laughs> I I am good at language. Um, yeah, we did go to a few shows. Uh, most notable of those shows, though, being uh, the Offspring. Um, with Simple Plan and Some 41. It was a really good show. We were highly anticipating going to that show. Uh, it took us a while to get into the show, which meant that we did unfortunately miss uh, all but, I think, maybe the last two songs that Some yeah. 41 did. We were able to hear them from outside. Yeah. Uh, but we unfortunately missed most of their set because of traffic. Um, but we did get in in time to you know, get situated, uh, we got ourselves a good spot at the top of the hill, and uh, watched Simple Plan um, exist on stage. My friend said that um, Simple Plan opened when she saw them, and Sum 41 was the middle. Really? Yeah. I would have preferred that. Yeah, I would have too, but, you know, it is what it is. I mean, Simple Plan played a good set. I mean, they played all their hits, and, you know, some random like off-the-cuff covers that came out of nowhere um notably when they played uh skater boy oh that's right by avril levine and i just <clears throat> i just looked at you and i was like boy that's a real big fuck you to some 41 <laughs> and if if you guys are unaware of that whole scenario because the lead singer of some 41 Derek wibley was married to avril levine for quite a few years and they just recently, like within the past, I think maybe four-ish years, like called it quits and divorced. So I thought that was kind of a, that's kind of a choice. Yeah. But Offspring was incredible. They, they were amazing. They were great. They played a great set. They played... Everything we wanted to hear. They played everything we wanted to hear and more. Um, I mean, and like their set was really like... It spanned all over their discography. Like they didn't, they didn't spend too much time on one end or the other. Like they were, they had a really good like mixture of of new and old. Yeah, yeah. I think the big surprise for me was when he brought out the piano and played "Gone Away." Like, God. if that song could be any more sad. Yeah, right. He's like, "Oh, you think this song is sad already?" Let me tell you the backstory of it, and then also play it for you on piano all by myself on stage. That was something. 
yeah, that was it was impressive though. I mean, it oh, was yeah. it was really good. The whole the whole show was great. I mean, they they played a great set and their stage presence was really fun. Yeah. Uh, Dexter and Noodles were definitely definitely cut ups for their entire set, which just made it that much more fun. And that being the first time that I've ever seen the Offspring play, yeah, it really too. it really made like the first show special. So. I, I enjoyed it. I, I had a good time. Oh, I had time. a good time. Yeah. And I think it was nice because, like, we, it was um at the, you know, if you know Pittsburgh, it was oh, Star Lake. <laughs> but it was, um we stayed towards the back. We just kind of hung out. And it was nice. It was real. Yeah, I don't think it, it deterred away, it deterred away from the show or anything. Mm-hmm. I think we, we had a good view of the stage. Uh, we had prime people watching. Oh, man, prime people watching. And, um. I mean, it was really nice out that night. It wasn't too hot. It wasn't too cold. Um, you know, I think it was a it was a good time. You know, we, oh, yeah. we really enjoyed ourselves. Great time. So yeah, that was that was just uh, what two weeks ago. So that on was the probably first. the most recent one on the first. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't think we saw anything else like big. We went to a few smaller shows, but. Yeah, nothing, nothing major though. That's next month. Yeah, we'll talk about that when it comes. Yeah. But anyway, so we're back with a mystery mixtape, huh? Yes, yes. We we decided to to do yet another mystery mixtape. Um, I I have fun with these. Oh yeah, me too. I I really enjoy doing these because I I enjoy. I enjoy putting the thought into it and then enjoy hearing your response to it. Right. Um, do you do want to go? Why don't you go first? I'll go first. Sure. So, uh, you sent me over your mystery mixtape and uh, I was able to <clears throat> peruse it a bit and... Uh, let me go ahead and go through it, and then I will make my guess as to what your your theme was. Sounds good. Uh, so the first song on your mixtape was My Name is Jonas from Weezer. Great song. Um, then it was uh, It's My Job to Keep Punk Rock Elite from NoFX. Which we've talked about on the show before. Oh, yeah. Great, great song. Uh, Bleed American from Jimmy World. Twenty Four Karat Magic from Bruno Mars. Attractive Today <clears throat> from Motion City Soundtrack. Understatement from Newfound Glory. Uh, it must really suck to be four years strong. From f- four years strong. <laughs> uh, Reckless Abandonment from The Spill Canvas came out swinging from the wonder years and tell that mick he just made my i forget what the full title is yeah i can't remember either oh tell that mick he just made my list of things to do today (laughs) from fallout boy so after after some deliberation um and then finally looking back at the playlist and kind of having that like genius moment uh it's the opening track 
of all of those those albums. Yeah, really good opening tracks. Great opening tracks. That's so basically what I chose. So I thought it would be interesting to go through each one. Uh, so my name is Jonas. Obviously, first track on the Blue album. Uh, it's my job to keep punk rock elite. Is first track from So Long. Thanks for all the shoes. Uh, Bleed American is from the album, I believe, of the same title. Yes. Uh, again, also, 24 Karat Magic, the first, first song off of that album of the same title. Uh, Attractive Today is from Commit This to Memory. Uh, Understatement is from Sticks and Stones. Uh, it Must Really Suck to Be Four Years Strong is from Enemy of the World, I believe is what that album's mm-hmm. called. Yeah. Uh, Reckless Abandonment is from No Really, I'm Fine. <laughs> uh, Came Out Swinging is from Suburbia. Suburbia is something, something, something. I gave you everything and you... All I got was this lousy t-shirt. <laughs> uh, and then... Uh, Tell That Mick is from uh, Take This to Your Grave. I just realized that like half of these albums we did on the show. Mm-hmm. Half of these albums we did on the show, and all of these albums are albums that I really like. So it was kind of a, a double whammy for me because I was like, man, this is, a, this is a banger of a playlist. Like, just one after the other. So good. Yeah, I I um I went with the first uh, track of the albums that I was listening to most most of the time, or that came up on my on my Spotify. So I was like, well, this will be. Yeah, no, that's it's clever though. I I really like the way that 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 played out, for sure. Like I I like the way it it sits as a playlist. It just seems to kind of flow really well. Yeah, and I didn't want to do it one that was too difficult because, you know, I went and Rickrolled you the first time. So God, I, I will figured... <laughs> literally will never forget that. But yeah, I, I enjoyed that playlist. I, that was that was well thought, well put together. I, I enjoyed that. Good. I'm glad because, um, yeah, like we, we were talking and, you know, since we didn't do a big episode, we were talking about doing mystery mixtape and I was like, I don't really have... So I kind of just, you know, went with it. I'm glad. I'm glad it was good. Yeah, it turned out good. I enjoyed it. All right, so Josh's playlist um, that he gave to me starts off with One by Metallica, which really good song. Mm-hmm. Uh, followed up by Two Minutes to Midnight by Iron Maiden. Love Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden. <laughs> and then <clears throat> hit me with Meatloaf, which... You, me and Meatloaf don't mix, but two out of three ain't bad. <clears throat> I tolerate it. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Just um, four words to choke upon by Bullet for My Valentine, which I didn't know that song, but I knew everything up to this point. Five to One by The Doors. Number of the Beast by Iron Maiden again. Jeez. <laughs> Seven Nation Army by The White Stripes. Which I know a lot more about now that because that's my latest album for the 500 list that I've been working through. Um, 18 in Life by Skid Row, which has been one of you know, not one of my favorite songs, but like from that era, I think. Oh yeah, one it's of the a, best. It's a great song. <clears throat> 96 Quite Bitter Beings by CKY, which I didn't. 
<laughs> I don't think I've listened to, like, I don't even know the last time. And then it ends with 10,000 Fists by Disturbed. So I'm guessing your theme is numbers, met metal, they're all metal songs. Well-ish. Metal-ish. Heavy metal-ish songs. And the only one that threw me off was the number of the beast, which I was like 666. So they're all numbers, but is there any thing past? No. They're all numbers. It's just numbers 1 through 10. That's what I thought. Um, okay. They're just, there are a couple of them I had to get a little creative. Um, so like when you get like to uh, 2 out of 3 <laughs> ain't bad. 3 was the number, but right. I had to go with that in the title. Um, number of the Beast, 666. Like, that was a play on play well, on yeah. words and like obviously. play on number, obviously. 18 in life, uh, I was banking on the eight being there. oh exactly uh but yeah no i i had fun putting that together i was like we had talked about number a number post. playlist before and i was like you know what i'm gonna put one together and then i started doing it and i was like i'm gonna try my best to make this whole playlist uh like as like rock slash metal forward as i possibly could mm -hmm. Yeah, there was a few ones, a few songs that I didn't know as well, um, but I took a like mini deep dive on what the you know about eighteen in life and Skid Row and <laughs> I guess um, back when they wrote the song, people thought it was about like like a specific um, Ricky that was like mentioned in the news who got like a life sentence for murdering his friend like when he was drunk or whatever. Um, but then later on, they talked to the band and. Uh, I guess the guy that wrote it from the band, I don't remember which one, but said it was from him, like, inspired by his brother who came home from Vietnam, which I thought was kind of interesting that they thought it was, you know, about a murder. But I mean, it sounds like it's about a murder. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's basically. So. So, yeah, and it led me to figure out where, you know, where Skid Row is, you know, these days. Um, so that was fun. I took a nice little mini deep dive for that because I don't. I think there's still a band. Skid Row. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't realize. And by still a band. Uh, there's a new singer, right? No, I believe that Sebastian Bach is the only original member. He's not even listed as a member anymore. Really? Yeah. Oh. Interesting. Yeah. In April 2015, they replaced the singer that was the singer at the time with former TNT singer. And then they said, in January 2017, former Dragon Force vocalist ZB Thirt was named the official lead singer after spending a year as a touring member. What? Then he remained with the band until 2022, and then they replaced him with someone else. Weird. Yeah, so there's a lot of uh, lead singers. Is it really even the same band? Didn't we talk about this with another band? Well, yeah, because we thought that was it it was like they kept the name but there's nobody that was originally in the lineup in the band still i don't remember who we were talking about yeah there was something that came up recently and like yeah i feel like you can get away with it if the everyone is gone is it still is that yeah. like when you take over a franchise like it's fuck <laughs> God. God. But yeah, so um. It's when when your local when your local whatever box store becomes a spirit Halloween. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. So I mean, like, uh, 
on your playlist there are a few songs that I was like really familiar with and then a few that I had heard that I haven't heard in a long time so which ones didn't you know okay so I didn't know um I think I heard the Iron Maiden songs but I wasn't really a I, I didn't know them thoroughly um the bullet for my valentine song didn't know that at all yeah their first album um, is really really good that's what that one is from yeah i think that was the only one because i'd heard the cky song before and i've heard obviously disturbed but i didn't realize that was what it was called i was like oh this song so right so yeah good playlist i listened to it in the car today while i ate taco bell by myself God. <laughs> it was a great moment. That's a that's an angry playlist to listen to by yourself. Well, yeah, I wasn't in the best mood today earlier, so I mean, it kind of did kind it of help with it. Yeah, did a little it help, bit helped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The... I feel like any playlist that starts off with one. Oh yeah. Is is already going to be a good playlist? Well, with a slow opening too. Like I started it, and I'm like, where's the music? And then, of course, you know, it comes out of nowhere. Right. Cause Man, it's, real... it's that song, like, amazing and sad. Oh, and It's, like, yeah. all the emotions. That's that's a whole... That's That song in particular could probably be half an episode by itself. Oh, right. Um, no, but you did bring up an interesting uh, thought process in, in talking about the replacement of, of band members and such. Um, have you ever had a band that you listened to pretty regularly that like had a lineup change that made it a completely different band or that made it unenjoyable for you? It was how many years that Brad had been dead and then they fi- they decided finally after so much time that they were just going to bring in yeah see i just i i am not sold on it um i mean and like no you no know no hate or anything no hate to rome i mean like you know the guy's a very talented singer yeah um i just i don't know and i think for me like sublime is a like nostalgic thing because ba- you know back when all that <laughs> when they were popular and everything like that that like encapsulates a time period where for sure no where I, 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 I attach it to a lot of memories so i think now i'm just like mm, i i don't know um yeah i'm trying to think of somebody else i uh, mean i mean one that comes up with me a lot is queen oh yeah um because they had was it roger taylor I believe that did like a, a more recent album with with the band, mm-hmm. and it just didn't. I don't know. It didn't do it. Yeah, for me, like um, now that I'm thinking about it, there's uh, the Misfits. I mean, I'm much bigger fan of when Danzig fronted, but you know, I'll I'll listen to all of it. Um, trying to think of anyone else right now that I like particularly well I mean there are a couple that I that I think of um 
because there was a there was a time when uh, Amber Pacific's lead singer left. Okay. To pursue teaching, and so they brought in a new singer, and it I don't know, it just was too different. Like the the vocals were just too different for me. So like that album that came out. Yeah. Uh, between between the departure and then the inevitable return of their original lead singer uh it was it was difficult uh to get into because you know it just it was very it was too different i think well i think a lot of times too i mean the lead singer is the like i mean the face of the band the the sound of the band so unless there's anything like really like notably you know, un- unusual about any of the musicians in the band, I-, I feel like it's it's hard. Yeah, I mean, and and especially when you have the the lineup that had released a couple of very strong albums beforehand, and then you have this album that comes out, and you're like, who is who is singing this? Like, yeah. So they had the they have the the possibility and the promise and then truth and sincerity which are both like really really great albums and then the lead singer left and they did the album virtues with a new lead singer and that was in 2010 and then a few years later the lead singer returned and they released the turn with their original lead singer and that album is fantastic so like it just it's one of those scenarios where it just didn't jive for me not that it was like a bad album it just oh Alice in Chains I think was one of the bands that we talked about oh yeah yeah because I know like for me again I mean Alice in Chains isn't Alice in Chains without Lane Staley right to me like actually I didn't realize that they carried on without him well, I mean, Drowning Pool did the same thing. That's true. Yeah, I didn't realize... I mean, yeah, I didn't realize how many bands actually changed that I didn't even pay attention to. Uh, but I think the other notable one that comes to mind, now that we're talking about it, is uh, Chiodos. Because um, they... They had a, a period where uh, Craig Owens left the band and it was right after so they did All's Well That Ends Well then they did Bone Palace Ballet and then uh, Craig Owens left the band for personal reasons and then they did Illuminatio and it just was Again, it was another one of those, like, for some reason it just didn't jive. Like, it didn't... I just couldn't get into it. Right. I get it. And then... But then Craig Owens came back and they released Devil, which is an amazing album. And, uh, you know, it just it's just one of the, another one of those examples where you're like, okay, I, I don't understand it, but something about this one album that they did with this different person just doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And I think, um, I don't know, looking at the list that I was just like, oh, you know, what? which bands am I not thinking about? 
well obviously you know, Black Sabbath because <laughs> Ozzy wasn't the only singer like they list all these other people after him I was like oh well duh um, who else um, Stone Temple Pilots which I guess Scott Weiland was you know fronting for a while and then Chester Bennington mm -hmm. I didn't know yeah until yeah, he left to focus on Lincoln Park yeah um, yeah so I don't think I even realized Well, and then you have situations where you have an entire band that keeps that that wants to continue making music, mm -hmm. but maybe a lead singer that doesn't. Yeah. Uh, so, the two examples that I would have for that would be Rage Against the Machine. Oh yeah. Uh, because the band wanted wanted to continue, but Zach De La Rocha wanted to pursue other other endeavors in right. his music career so he left and they teamed up with chris cornell and formed audio slave and i mean while it is a whole while it is a whole different sound mm -hmm. it is still very like from a musical standpoint it is still very rage against the machine yeah um but then even even if you go back a little further, uh, you know, you had the literally the entirety of Guns N' Roses wanted to continue making music, but Axl Rose was being Axl Rose. And so Scott Weiland hopped on board on vocals with them for a bit and formed Velvet Revolver. I think for me, like, you know how we had the discussions about bands that have, like, more than one lead singer? I think I just didn't realize how many bands... You know, because it's far harder to follow, I guess, back, you know, back then, who's in the band anymore. Right. Um, so I think I just didn't realize, I didn't realize how many... How many what? I don't know. I didn't realize how many bands that I keep looking at that had so many in the... Yeah, Black Sabbath had a bunch of different people after Ozzy. I just, I didn't know. I know, it's one of those things that you look at it and you're like, whoa, what, whoa, what? <laughs> well, plus, I, I don't think I ever put the discographies, like, in order either, because we talked about this before, is that I never really listened to, like, full albums for a long time. Like, sure. since the days of, like, buying an album. And I'm like, I paid $15 for this, I'm going to listen to the whole thing. Right. And all the hidden tracks. And read all the liner notes. <laughs> paid good money for this yeah that's interesting to think about like yeah like I said beyond the Misfits I don't think that there's anything that I any band that I felt was notably different that I had listened to but your example is really good yeah I don't know I mean I'm trying to even think of if there have been any other ones that were like really really like notably different okay here's here's one and we I'm, I'm sure that we could have a very strong conversation about this one Blink-182 duh so <laughs> if you've been I don't know living under a rock for 10 years um, 
you know, Blink-182 obviously originally was... Well, I mean, once they got into their groove and got into Enema of the State and everything thereafter, it was the Mark, Tom, and Travis show. Right. And, you know, historically, it, it got to a point where, you know, the band had no no ill will towards each other, but from a creative standpoint, they weren't seeing eye to eye. And, you know, Travis and Mark wanted to keep making music as Blink-182, and Tom wanted to pursue more with Angels and Airwaves and other endeavors, so uh, he left. And that ended up being the time where Mark and Travis brought in... Um, oh my god. Matt Skiba. Yeah, Matt Skiba from Alkaline Trio. Uh, which, yeah, I mean, it's no secret that... Uh, you and I are not big Alkaline Trio fans. Um, they're just one of those bands that I could just never really, really get into. So I think we need to do what we talked about when we talked about doing a Convince Me episode. Yeah, oh we yeah. have I somebody mean, who's a fan come on and explain and yes, tell it, us if, what the deal is. If any of you out there are uh, fans of Alkaline Trio and... Want to convince us. And you think <laughs> that you can make a compelling argument for the band then please by all means come on the show and convince us because um, we would really like to start a start start that new guest segment soon yeah because um, I think it would be really interesting to try and have people convince us on some of their favorite music that we maybe aren't too keen on are we gonna are we gonna do convince us with each other? <laughs> <laughs> uh okay i don't know who i'd give you that you don't like that we didn't already cover i know who i would give you oh i know who you'd give me who you give me rush of course absolutely yeah. i would give you rush <laughs> uh, without a doubt I, there's no there's no denying that fact i i would 100 percent give you rush yeah that's fine it's fine though we'll we'll get there um but yeah, so they so Tom left the band. Tom DeLonge went on to do whatever he was doing and finding aliens. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, so they had Matt Skiba on. They did California. They did Nine. And then it was a big official thing that, you know, suddenly Tom was back in and Matt Skiba was out. So now here we are. It's been you know, several years that it was, you know, Mark Travis and Matt Skiba. And then all of a sudden Tom DeLonge comes back and now they're, I, th I believe they're getting ready to release new music. Yeah. See, when you were mentioning that and I first said that, I was like, oh man, how did I forget? But I'm guessing because, you know, my brain's like, oh yeah, he's back. Right. <laughs> right. Dad's home. Stepdad back out. <laughs> <laughs> God. Dad finally got the milk. <laughs> Fucking hell. Uh, here's the thing, though. I enjoyed Matt Skiba's time in Blink-182. Uh, and I know that that's a very strong opinion to have. I, can, I know a lot of people that are very adamantly against Matt Skiba having ever existed in the Blink-182 cinematic universe. Um... 
But like, <laughs> but California and the subsequent California Deluxe Edition that came out, which was basically two albums in one, uh, is a brilliant album. Uh, I I will argue that album tooth and nail. Um, you know, and even even Nine was a great album, but uh, I don't know what to think about. Tom being back at this point I, I'm interested to see what new Blink-182 yeah. like sounds like now that Tom was out of the band for a few years and I mean I know that they obviously have been touring all over now since they've been back um, so I mean I'll, I'll, I'm really intrigued to see you know what they sound like but I think that is an interesting instance where there was a new lead singer with a well-established band and even though I think that they were smart in playing to his strengths as a singer. Right. Where they they weren't like, oh, well, we need you to sing like Tom did. They were like, you. where are you? Where are you? <laughs> um, we, they just expected him to come in and sing his ass off as himself. Right. And... I think that it worked. Um, and then, you know, here they are back into their original format. And that, I mean, it's not the first time that that happened. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, they obviously had their time where, you know, they they were doing all their little side projects where, you know, there was Boxcar Racer and Plus 44. And those were all like Blink-182 adjacent bands, you know, and you had... Tom, who initially started Angels and Airwaves, and then that became another bigger side project with him. So, I'm interested to see, you know, what what they are going to bring to the table now with new material. Yeah. <laughs> Finger guns. I don't know. You just got me thinking a lot about like bands that I've listened to and like just the growth. And I, I don't know. I don't think there's any bands that I'm like a huge fan of that had like any noticeable lineup changes. No, I think maybe if anything, some of the bands that you have liked for a long time just just had growing up changes. Where oh yeah. They just polished their craft. Oh yeah. I mean. I mean, no effects being the example there. Oh yeah, they're the huge example because you know, when I go back to look to listen to like their older earlier stuff, I'm just like, eh. because you know there's just noticeable changes on you know Mike's voice. I mean, I would say that really, if you if you had to mark it, I think a good starting point would be uh, White Trash. Oh yeah, because you could say that there's the pre-White Trash, No Effects, which was, you know young you know still coming up into the scene oh right definitely and still trying to figure out what the fuck they were doing as musicians mm -hmm. and then you have everything after white trash which just is fantastic yeah and i'm not saying any of their earlier stuff wasn't good but i mean they they tried a lot of things then they found you know they found what works for them no, but I, I also think that 
and you've pointed it out to me also the, the couple times that we've seen them together that like when they have played songs that are from their older stuff now it sounds so much better right so I, I mean I think that that's you know that's always been an, a, a great concept thing yeah, it's kind of weird having them as, like, my favorite band, and then there's, like, zero change. Like, they've, I mean, El Jefe joined, but, like, they're basically the same people that they've been for yeah. 40 years, and that's, I don't know, hard to compare to anybody else. Um, I don't think Alyssa and Jake had any, like, big, noticeable, like, not vocal changes, but they did have, you know, a line of change. Um Why is the name not coming to me? Well, Vinny left. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And he went on to... He had another couple of projects going on, and I think he had something with the label, too, that he yeah, was he was producing to... and stuff, right? Yeah, he, was, he, he had a lot of stuff going on. So, but yeah. Maybe that'll be another interesting thing to look into. Like, maybe like a then and now... Oh, yeah. Episode might be kind of fun. Yeah, we always wind up in these little musical, like, not debates, but discussions. Just, hey, what about somebody who, you know, was with a band and then they were more successful on their own? <laughs> and then that leads to an hour-long discussion about Justin Timberlake and... <laughs> Here we go. God. Ah. Uh. That's another episode, guys. We I could talk at length about the the phenomenon that is that is the Timberlake and his rise from from InSync. They're back. I know. I They're heard. back. Um, I'm I'm intrigued. I saw I saw that they were at the the VMAs. I think recently. I think that's what I heard. And um, there's they have a new song together on the new Trolls soundtrack. Like the Trolls movie. There's a new Trolls movie? There's going to be a second one, I think. Yeah. A third one? Or a third one, I think. Whatever it is. Yeah. there's They're going to have a new song as in sync on that. So that'll be interesting. Oh, there's supposed to be a new Trolls movie this year coming out in November. Yeah. Yeah, I knew it was soon. See, I know a lot about the original Trolls. And enough about the second Trolls. But now my child is not a trolls age anymore so we've aged out of trolls so we'll have to worry about that that's good I mean yeah. unless we're going to watch it for the music and then maybe alright I think you convinced me <laughs> so what what, uh, what new music have you been listening to anything, anything newer no no <laughs> Um, trying to think. I mean, my kid introduced me to some stuff. Lots of Taylor Swift. Yeah. From my younger. <clears throat> um, yeah, I'm not really coming up with anything new that I can think of. What about you? Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, computer's being noisy tonight. Uh, yes and no. I feel like it's like a lot of discovering some older music again uh and then also like some new stuff uh here and there like some new tracks from uh sharia moore 
Yeah. Uh, they have a new track out. I think they have a new album coming out soon. Um, you know, just like here and there, I, I, I mean, a lot of my music intake at this point now is uh, TikTok, which is sad to say, but... Well, there's nothing wrong with it. I feel like it's, I, it's the new MySpace. It's the way that people are getting... Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know you know, the masses now, and I, th I think it's really, it's really a good way, honestly. Absolutely. I mean, I, I think that, that TikTok is definitely doing, you know, similar things to what, you know, what YouTube and, and, and Vine and things like that were doing for a while there. So, like, I, I, I think it's a great way for them to get exposure, for sure. And what I find funny is, I, I mean, you, you use TikTok and find new bands, and I, I do similar with my kid. She comes up with songs that I didn't realize she knew were in the store the other day, and she's singing Paula Abdul, and I was like, why do you know this song? Oh, straight up. And yeah. I was like, how do you know this song? She's like, oh, it's on TikTok. Seriously? Like, enough times that you know the words? So it's weird. I mean, we get new music from it, but, you know, the youngins, they get to learn. <laughs> they get to learn some classic music. Some music lore. Right? <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I think, um, for me, like things have just been like real high stress and busy. So whenever I feel that way, I go for the, the comfort. And I think that's why also that I wound up giving you a mixtape of, you know, great first tracks, because a lot of those were albums that I revisited over, you know, listening. It's, it's funny. And this is, this is, this is going to be a funny statement coming from the resident thick boy over here uh the correlation between uh emotion and your comfort things so like you know when you're you're having an emotional time and you need that like comfort food you know you go for the the classic you know belly warmer kind of macaroni and cheese you so know. it's the belly warmer of music, yeah. Yeah, I feel like when when you when you're having those emotional times, you definitely have the music that you fall back on uh, that is kind of your, you know, emotional comfort food. Yeah. yeah. Emotional comfort food sounds like the dollar store version of like chicken soup for the soul. Oh God, you're right. You're right. <laughs> I was going through a, a journal and I was reading an article that I took notes on, which because I'm nerdy and everything I listen to or watch, I have to take notes on. But it was an episode of like the Pitchfork podcast and they were talking about why do we listen to new music and thinking about um, how we're talking about comfort food and the comfort food for the for the brain is the music. Um, listening to new music has to do with like how our brain grows and everything. And when you hear something new, it gives you like a whole lot of dopamine, but it makes you not like it initially because your brain is like trying to process like everything involved in that new music. And um, normally like you want to regulate the dopamine properly so you get the right amount of, you know. But the more you're listening to, to new music, it maps like a different pattern in your brain. So I think like that has something to do with the, the comfort food of it because like you just don't want to think. Interesting. Yeah. And I think the same thing with like, it, it's the same to me as watching like a comfort TV show or movie, you know, like you don't want to have to focus on it too much. Like your brain fills in the rest. 
That's fair. It's like it's almost like you're putting yourself in autopilot, mm-hmm. and you're just able to right and have that that thing that security blanket of music. Yeah, and the other thing I was reading about um, listening to new music is they recommend like if you're you know trying to take in new music to not do other things like not multitask because your brain is like busy trying to like process what it's hearing and i was like okay now you're making it sound like a lot of work which you know i'm, I'm down for but um i thought that was just like a really interesting take on like scientifically why like some people don't like new music that makes sense though i i you know i i feel like it's impressive what the what the brain does in reaction to new music oh yeah Oh, yeah, and I mean, I know we talked about this before, and, like, I'm kind of interested in, like, the science of, like, why something sounds good to you versus other things don't sound good. Like, why do you like Rush? <laughs> and I find it, like... Yeah, no, I, I completely understand. I, that's It's a fascinating thing, and I would I would love to see if there are any other nerds out there that could, that could point us in the direction of some sort of music study that could tell us why we think this way. Please. I know, see, this is this is like another layer of nerdiness along with the music because like it joins music and science and like statistics and facts it's great we need to prepare this for the next nerd night is what we need to do where all your obsessions meet yeah (laughs) so yeah we're uh, way off track but way off track but yeah this is what we do this is this is yeah this is what we do because this is our show and we'll do whatever the fuck we want I'm Bam Margera. No, I'm not Bam Margera. It's one of your many voices. Yes. That was terrible. But, yes. Um, it's after midnight. I'm not going to judge you on your It's fine. Voices. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. So, I guess with all of that, I think we can we can wrap this little episode up. Yeah. Um, we've got some, some stuff in the works. You know, we want to get back to our new format and try to record more often. Yeah, we're going to try. We're going to do our best. Um, you know, we're, we're going to try and get back in the normal format. Got a couple guests in the works. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to say any names or anything, but, you know, I've got some heavy metal barbecue and some, uh, some, some gas station hangouts. Uh, coming down the pike, uh, you know, we're trying to get some other friends on the show here. So, you know, hopefully soon we will get that working. But yeah, uh, thanks for listening to us ramble for a little while here. Post the Mr. Mixtape uh, playlist, right? Yeah, we'll put the playlists in the, the, show notes. the show notes so you guys can listen to them also. Uh, and you will be able to find that uh, all over social media. Uh, we are on Facebook, uh, Instagram, uh, Twitter, slash X, whatever you want to call it. I will forever call it Twitter. Um, we are at S-I-M-H pod. Uh, you can also find the show wherever you listen to podcasts, that being iTunes, Amazon Music, Spotify and SoundCloud if you're nasty. The Apple one? The Apple oh, one. Oh you did yeah. say that didn't you? iTunes. Yep. Um but yeah. Thanks so much for listening guys. Thanks for uh putting up with our nonsense. Uh we will be back very soon. 
Uh, in the meantime, be nice to each other. Uh, wash your damn hands. Always wear clean underwear. And, uh, yeah. Peace.